literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to Austin Found Podcast. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. We sure appreciate you tuning in. And I, I got such a kick out of this. I was laughing a lot in my head prepping for this interview because in 2019, you got an inquiry from a reader who was trying to uncover from the statesman something happening at the statesman back in the 70s. Right. And it was a... This is going to get really funny. Stick with us. Trust me here. He wanted to know about a poet who was published in The Statesman who went by the name, and we'll get to whether that's their real name or not, named Robert Lord. Robert Lord. And he, so you love challenges like this. Oh, I, I I've been around you enough when, when something comes up and you have to uncover it. This should have been simple. If this was somebody writing for the Statesman being published, you could go back to some colleagues because you started here when? 89. 89. So there could have easily been uh, other other colleagues and writers around who would have been there when this guy exactly. Robert Lord was there. Right, right. As you probably started asking around <laughs> and people are like, no, no, no. That probably motivated you even more. Like, it did. Who it is did. this guy? <laughs> Who is this guy? He had a regular column three times a week called The Searcher. It was a collection of his poetry, other people's poetry. It was not a scam per se, but in fact, he uh, would. there was a note on his columns that would say, uh, for extra copies of the poem or others, send $1 in a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope to Robert Lord, care of professional arts, 318 West 15th Street. Which was not – that money wasn't going to the statesman. No, it was going to him. <laughs> In your whole career of, of journalism, have you ever seen anyone solicit on an article to send money to get a copy of something? No. <laughs> that is, is singular in my memory. Now, and, there are many writers who publish books, yourself included. That's right. Indelible Austin. And then that's just part of the gig. But mm -hmm. send me a dollar. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah. He was obviously a character. That's a kind way of putting it. So I asked people, I asked people like Mike Cox, who worked here during that period, and uh, Glenn Castlebury, who's, who uh, was in the newsroom going back to 1958. And all of them said, no. He didn't work at the Statesman. But in fact, there is an old tradition of filling up space in a newspaper by taking reader submissions and going back to the 19th century poetry. Uh, nobody on the staff was paid to write poems. <laughs> right. But this if they guy, did, that's actually kind of cool. But yeah, that just is not realistic. This guy had a gig where he was – collecting, editing poems, and getting them into the paper, and they were bad. <laughs> I love how blunt you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever other qualities he had, he was not a great writer. And even uh, 
even the, uh, uh, sorry, I don't have the gentleman's name that reached out to you. Oh yeah, that was Mike Wagner. Mike Wagner, who who was like he even said this. this he was a University of Texas student at one time, and they would read these and laugh about them. Yeah, he was in, in, in his English lit classes. They would go, they would pull out the newspaper, <laughs> the American Statesman, and say, You want to laugh? I'm going to read, read this, this out. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad poetry. But, uh, but he had uh, claimed a lot of background, a lot of training, a lot of experience. In fact, the American statesman did do a profile of him because he seemed like he was an interesting person, at least by what he claimed. But even when you get into the claims, <laughs> it's a little outrageous. Well, and the writer of this story, this profile, signals in language that I understand as a writer. <laughs> Not taking this guy too seriously and going, oh, wow. And, but not and not just crucifying the guy. Either. No, no, just it's, it's a very subtle no, like respecting mm. him, dignifying his <laughs> his story, but going, yeah, this is a little much. Okay, so read off some of this. I think the first part was, and this was pr- this was in the Statesman. Mm-hmm. What some of this guy's uh, accolades were as a writer. Well, let's start out with his character, and this was a story dated December 20th, 1970. Robert Lord, one of Austin's more interesting new arrivals, is a big man who exudes a remarkable measure of enthusiasm about a remarkable number of things. When he isn't striving to be a modern Renaissance man, Lord has already succeeded at more undertakings than most men even dream of trying. (laughs) There's just a little bit of sarcasm in that. And he's a poet, sculptor, writer, philosopher, and minister. Not to mention world traveler, music aficionado, health food buff, and an admirer of lovely sunsets. Oh, my gosh. I know. And then it goes on to say he studied philosophy at Harvard University sculpture with American avant-garde artist Alexander Archipinko. Painting with Mexican muralist Diego <laughs> Rivera, and here you're starting to go, yeah, right. Yeah, just not possible. <laughs> he said he learned art at UCLA, Harvard, Boston <laughs> School of Fine Arts, and the Louvre in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow he was also ordained a minister at the Boston School of Fine Arts. Uh, he said he'd written two novels, two plays, several short stories, and approximately 7,000 poems already for publication. Oh, my gosh. So who was this guy? I think you came to the conclusion that this was a pen name, as they call it, right? This was not his real name. I could not track down anyone who knew the person or any evidence that he did any of these things he said he did. And you would think (laughs) that if someone had had that illustrious a training in an early career (laughs) that that there'd be a a paper trail but i found none none and then there was something about him at the capitol oh yeah he did this this modernist piece of art that he called something like the spirit of texas which was just a clump of stuff And it was exhibited at the Capitol. And, and, in and the, he, if he's so good at his faux accolades, mm-hmm. he probably convinced the people putting up art at the Capitol that this is something legitimate. 
That and also the Capitol's a big place. You can put a lot of art there. Nobody would even notice. <laughs> Might have been over a urinal. Yeah, well, whatever. And, and I don't think it stayed there. Right. Uh, I think this was just a, a one-time thing. Probably his own state representative said, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll hang that up. We'll, 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 we'll do this. You never found out who the real person was. No, I didn't. I didn't. Wow. I do like, too, the, the, the gentleman that sent in the, the inquiry about him was a bit apologetic. Absolutely. I mean, this. I love this point of view because, yes, we can get caustic. Yes, we can be judgmental. But this guy, uh, he says, this is Wegner in an email. He said, I remember in my English Lit courses, we eagerly awaited his weekly column and then mercilessly mocked <laughs> his effort. But he was probably a nice old gentleman who labored diligently over his rhymes and meters. And we were snooty UT students. <laughs> and he said he felt bad about making such fun of Lord, even though his poems were laughably bad. And then he ended his last email to me. May Mr. Lord rest in peace wherever he may be. Ah, uh, gosh. A lot of time has passed. If anyone has any connection. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I wrote about this in the paper. It's in my book, Indelible Austin, uh, Volume 3. So you'd think somebody by now would have said, oh, yeah. that's That was my grandfather. <laughs> or, or Something. Or, yeah, I knew him <laughs> out on the bar scene or something. I don't know. No, not yet. Uh, but well, maybe somebody listening hey, to Austin Please, Sound. please, 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 if you know anything about him, this. Barnes at statesman.com. Yeah, or you can email me too. If you know of somebody else you want to inquire about yeah. uh, from the past, email. But I'm Jay Hager, H A G E R, at statesman.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Austin Found. We really appreciate it. If you can take the time to give us a review wherever you get your podcasts, share on socials, share it with your friends. I know we've been at it, we're approaching two years at this right. point. But a lot of people still haven't heard about it. And, uh, you know, anytime I, I, I mention it to friends who know me from my radio career, they're like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> you have an Austin history. It probably happens to you a it, lot. Oh, too. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And We're all busy and inundated from a million directions. Right. So spread the word. And, uh, and, you know, Austinites and new Austinites who want to learn about our city right. will really enjoy this. But uh, thanks for tuning in to Austin Fountain. And happy trail.